Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is July 20th. Happy 19 year anniversary to the trade of Eric Snow, the veteran point guard joining the Cleveland Cavaliers on this day in 2004. Alec Burks played but 34 games in a Cleveland uniform. One of those featured a game-winning dunk in Brooklyn, which I was fortunate enough to see in person. He averaged 12, 5, 3, and had 34 steals in 34 games, shooting 38% from deep. Burks continues to impress around the league. He turns 32. And Ben McDonald celebrating a birthday. He played for the Cavs. Only 21 appearances in the 85-86 season. Average three points a game. Would finish his career with the Warriors. Rocks the number 33. So there's your history. Coming up after this on Network 216, we got the Spanish voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers for the second time. Lucky us. <laughs> Rafa Hernandez Brito. We're introducing him in just a moment on Network 216. All right, here he is, the legend himself, Rafa. Appreciate your time getting this second appearance so we can talk Cavs again, man. Loved the last one with you. How are you, Zach? Good to see you. I hope you're enjoying the summer. I don't know. I've been, I've been a little bit like Cleveland all the way till June, a little bit Cali time. So it's very hot in Sacramento right now. But uh, I think it's gonna be hotter in the land once the once the once the basketball season starts. Oh man, it's gonna be sizzling in the land, and we are <laughs> gonna get to that. And Roth, I think the best place to start. Yeah, first question for you is, as obviously you mentioned, you've been traveling, but since you called that last game in April, what's what's been going on with you? You know, we've been working a lot. You know, people think that because the season is over, uh, everything stopped, and I think it's to the contrary. That's when probably the busiest time of, of for everybody in the organization. Obviously, you know, the people in marketing planning for next season. Uh, obviously, the the front office working on bettering the team. In my case, I take I do take a little bit time off, but at the at the organization, as a Cavaliers organization, we 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 concentrate a lot in our efforts with the community. And not, not only just basketball. So during the season, I really don't have much time or my schedule does not match with all our efforts in the community, with our great community that relations department that we have. So I do, I do some of my volunteering during the off-season. And now, you know, obviously I'm spending some time with my parents here in California before heading back. But in between all that, I was actually able to call my first Guardians baseball game. I did some Indians back in the day, but now I can I can safely say that I and you might you might I might need your help for this one. I don't know if I'm the first person to call all three major sports in Cleveland. At least in Spanish I know I am because I was the first voice of the Browns and the first voice the Spanish voice of the Cavs and Guardians now. So but I don't know I don't know if, you, if somebody has ever had the the, the honor and the luck to do it on the English side, you know, obviously all three franchises go way, way, the other two go way back longer than the Cavs. So that's, that's what my summer has been like so far. Yeah. And honestly, I think who was our, who was the fill-in sideline reporter when Angel Gray took a new job before? Uh, Andre, Andre not. Does, has he, if he's done Browns, I know, I know sidelines a little different than play-by-play. Yeah. That's a good, I don't, I don't know if he's done Browns. I, I, that, I'll check with Andrew, yeah. But I think it's kind of cool. You know, I, when you think of Cleveland, 
all you have to think of is that we have three major sports and and the monsters who are over, who are right there you know as part of the the Columbus Blue Jackets so we have everything that all these big cities or these claim to be big cities have and and I think uh, you know good times are coming for for all three franchises Oh, no doubt. Obviously, we're thankful the AL Central is not as good as it could be, allowing him a chance. Just like every year, they're just good enough to stay in the conversation. They might lose in the first round, but hey, if they can get there, you're still a darn air playoff team. You're getting extra revenue for the team. You're helping the city and all that. You can only you can only beat and compete against the ones you're supposed to. You know, there's not there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Well, no, exactly. And you know, so we talk about the playoffs a little bit. Uh, Rafa, so not, not the way anyone wanted the series to end, but game two, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland both playing very well as far as scoring went. Donovan was playing fantastically as the facilitator. Darius only had one assist in the game, surprisingly. But in that game two win at the Rock, what were the vibes? Must have been electric being there in person for the first non-LeBron playoff win in 25 years. It was great to see the city and the fans, you know, being back to, to those winning days. I think, you know, I came here in 2014, obviously, as a fan, I, I witnessed the 90s and, and from afar and how close we were, maybe one shot away from, from being that or maybe changing the Michael Jordan story <laughs> as we know it. But, you know, the, my first four years in Cleveland were four straight finals. You know the 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 difficult loss in 2015. Then obviously getting getting all the way to the top on 2016. But this one, Zach, felt different in so many ways. And not to take any credit away from from what what that group did. You know, I, I, obviously, you know that famous saying. You know, in 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 Northeast Ohio, everything is earned, nothing is given. Nothing was given to that group. But this part, you know, coming from such highs to all the way to 19 wins a season and then 22. But to be able to experience that retooling and that creation of the chemistry and the winning culture and, and, and going to the, to the growing pains of what we finally accomplished, which nothing has been completed yet. Just, this is a very slippery slope because I don't want anybody to think that everybody was happy with what, with what happened last season, but we were thrilled to see the, the, the fruits of the effort from the, from the front office led by Kobe Oldman and Mike Gansey from Bickerstaff and, and his staff and the players and everybody else in the organization. It feels different because we have a group of guys that are building something that they will be part of. And, you know, it's no longer what the, the, during that period of, of, of time where, where, where Kobe Oldman was kind of like gathering assets and making and moving pieces to, to make sure we built through the draft, and I think we are in that process right now. And and it's, 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 it was great to see Denver do something like they did last season because they are a team that that has done that and have won, has gone through the really lows, including injuries and everything, but sticking to their plan and sticking to the building around their core, and and they finally succeeded. So it, it was amazing to see that day when you mentioned Game Two that. You know, we believe we could beat the Knicks. We knew we could, but we also, you know, that youth and that, you know, uh, core that we celebrated for so long, I believe the youth is that kind of hit us in the behind when it, when playoff time came. When we faced a Knicks team that had that taste that we should have now, you know, after being eliminated by the Hawks and missing the postseason the, the year after, and then, 
you know, we got we got hit in the face, but something that we wanted to take. We, we, we have been talking so much about lessons. Well, that was the biggest lesson we could have taken, which was making it to the playoff and finally seeing what it feels like. And the guys realize it's different. Possessions are more important. You know, referees maybe let go a little bit more of the contact and, 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 and you have to be in your game 48 minutes. Not that our guys weren't, but we were facing a team that was probably a, a little bit more experienced in, 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 and had been through that battle. And I think that's what a big part of this offseason has been. So we go from the first round to what's happened since. So the Cavs in free agency, they brought in three guys that can be very good scorers for them in the form of George Niang, who played with Philly and Utah. They got Ty Jerome, fresh off the year with the Splash Brothers. And Max Struess, who was the starting small forward for every single playoff game for the Heat last year as they went and came up three wins away from the finals. So uh, first part of this uh, here, Rafa, do you think the team has properly addressed that need for shooting by bringing in these guys? Well, you know, you're bringing uh, Max Struess that had double-digit games with five triples last season, who is averaging, okay, 37% from three. And he's a guy that can actually catch and shoot and, and, and make those threes. And, and, and it's tricky guy. And the most important part, Zach, is experience in the playoff. This is a guy who started all finals game and started most of the playoff for the Heat. So I think the shooting with Max and with, with George, the fact that not only they bring shooting, who, you know, George Niang, I think he, he was in the 40%, close to the 40% last season for his career, right? And and played 78 games, so you know he's always going to be available, he's always going to be ready. But more important, they bring size. One of the things that we also lacked last season, you know, with the size at that position, and, and Max Truth is a big guy, he's a guy who is a great team defender, so, so this is something that I'm very happy about what, what Kobe Olmon has been was able to do to get what he said after the, after the series with the Knicks that there were not going to be any sweeping changes because usually fans kind of fall into that trap of like, you know, trade this guy, fire this guy, let's get, you know, and, and not think of not only who's available, but also what's available for the team in terms of cap, which is way over my head. But, uh, you know, I kind of understand that there is a limit and, <laughs> and there is something that, 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 that needs to be looked at. But I think with, with Niang and with, and with, with Struz, we fulfilled that shooting. With, with, with Ty, is that experience, you know, again, playoff experience. This is the guy that won a championship in 2019 with the University of Virginia who killed us in January or February. When was it that the, the Warriors came in after playing the Celtics and just destroyed mm -hmm. us play, playing the bench? So we know he's capable. Luke Walton is familiar with these guys. You know, so I believe that we have fulfilled everything that we do to do. And when, when you throw in uh, what I got, I got, I got the German in my head, right? Huh? Damian Jones, we going. Damian Jones is another guy with you know with size, and don't forget the most important one that fans forget is that Kobe Olman was able to resign Paris Lavert, yes. who is basically a sixth starter in the in in the roster. So, pretty pretty good job, very well done for for Kobe, I think, and I think now it's a matter of of, of it's in the hands of the coaching staff to make sure that we make all this work that the guys take advantage of the opportunity i don't want to get ahead of the game but you know we have those three two-way guys that just came up from winning the first ever summer league and 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 it's all about 
being able to have guys that not only are working for one cause, which is what the team wants to do, but also to take advantage of that opportunity, like Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade did during the pandemic days, where they just took advantage of it, and now they are, you know, NBA NBA contract players. And uh, speaking of, of Lamar, you know, Lamar, Dylan Windler, Neto, Robin Lopez, Jetty, a lot, of, a lot of turnover as we bring in these new guys. So who personally for you, Rafa, that you've gotten to know, will you miss the most being around next season? You know, all of them. All of them are good. But if you ask me to pick one, I would say two, which would be Jetty and Lamar, because Jetty is a guy that, that came in as a kid. And I will never forget this, his first practice when LeBron stepped on his on his ankle on his foot, and LeBron twisted his ankle, and Jerry always told us the story that he thought they were gonna they were gonna send him back to Turkey. <laughs> so you know, and and he's such a nice human. They all are, but but Jerry is a guy that, that I can I can say he's a friend, and he's a guy that keeping I keep in touch with even in the off season. And hey, a lot of the time we just poking at each other, but but he's a he's a guy that. It is a big part of what we, we have built so far in, in, in this organization. In, and he's a guy that, that is loved by everybody, by his teammates, by the staff, by the city. And he's definitely going to be missed. And obviously, Lamar Steven. Who doesn't like the story of the underdog? A guy who almost led the Big Tech Conference in point, one of the best scorers in the history of Penn State, and comes in undrafted, goes to Las Vegas and, and, and to a pre-draft camp, and then finally gets a chance pandemic or not he took advantage of it got himself a contract and and ended up being quietly the leader of of, of the squad you know the the John Jard dog mentality was Lamar Stevens who that's when you would see that you don't need to play because one to 18 now are guys that are capable of playing in an NBA court on any night one to 10 or 12 are the ones that get the minutes and the opportunity but every now and then you get those guys like Lamar Steven who comes in and affects the, the team and the purpose of the team, even during practice on the bench. And, and, and everybody respected him. And he, it was amazing how he was the voice and he was the dog, the, the OG of the, of the joint yard dog, the chain and everything. It is something that a lot of teams are starting to do it in the NBA. Even the Kings started it. Yeah, the, 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 the Kings started it at the field house. When they started giving the, the defensive chain, whatever it is that they do. So for sure, Jerry and, and, and Lamar are, are two guys that will be missed dearly. You know, Raul, Tony Neto, I hope he continues to use his right name. Whatever he goes, he's going to land and he's going to be a guy that's going to help anything because of the way he plays. You know, Robin, you cannot be happier for him to be playing with his brother again. Yeah. So it, they, all, they all mean something. They all were part of what we're building. But for sure, Jerry just because he started with us and, and went through all that growth and, and he's living in Cleveland, a man, after arriving as a young kid, really. Yeah, and I'll say uh, for, for Jetty, honestly, one of the most wholesome follows on social media for those that uh, maybe don't know him as well personally. <laughs> him and his partner always look really happy. Take the, it takes the best pictures, and then he got the whole team commenting underneath. And, yeah. you know, on the Lamar Stevens side, loved him immediately. And what kind of stings, you mentioned the pandemic, you know, if he had that one more game to play, he was at nine away from Taylor Battle's record. He would have passed him with one more game. <laughs> I think, I also think he would have been drafted. 
if we got if people got to watch him in, in a March Madness that yeah. year, because look at look at the numbers he put up. He'd been there for so long. He was from and obviously being a Pennsylvania guy. I'm sure the Sixers might have wanted to bring him back to Philly, but no, I'll miss them. I'm I'm happy for Robin going back to the Bucks, a chance to get another title potentially. But you know, I guess the mascots are safe. I'm Sir uh, Sir CC and Moondog are smiling, saying, <laughs> or, or, or maybe not because he's coming in as a visitor at least twice. Hopefully next season with the Bucks. But, uh, you know, speaking of, of Jerry and Lamar, if they stay with, with San Antonio, and I, I don't know. Actually, Lamar's gone, right? Lamar's a He's gone. But, but Jerry, he will be that guy that they fit what Popovich is known for, you know? The, those guys that play hard and just go one one speed all the way. So, you know, I'm sure Lamar is going to be in some, in some roster and, and is going to make a team a lot better and a lot tougher. But those are two guys that I that you know you, you miss you miss you miss Jerry even in the off season. Put it that way. So. <laughs> oh no, uh, for sure. Before we transition, uh, folks, to remind you that for all the rumors about the Cavs, the Browns, the Buckeyes, the Guardians, and more, head to our Discord channel. It'll pay for itself. Ten dollars a month, hundred a year. Picks, rumors, everything, and it's the Network Two One Six. Discord channel back here with Rob Hernandez Guido as we transition to the summer league. So just flat out, Cavs went six and zero. Got got some beautiful hardware. It's their first time ever even making the finals in Vegas. I want one. <laughs> I, I, honestly, we'll, we'll petition. We'll, we'll get we'll get Dan Gilbert on here. And he gets the message down in order, but yeah. obviously, and we're gonna get a little specific in a moment, but. What were some of your favorite moments uh, watch, uh, checking out the summer league, Rafa? Well, you know, obviously winning the championship for Mike Garrity, who who was so close in the playoff last year. He's a guy that worked so hard that when he was on, in, on the player development side, and and the guys respect him a ton, and 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 to have the ability to get these guys together within a couple of weeks of summer camp before heading to Las Vegas and get them to play. Cavaliers basketball, because that's another great thing about the, the situation we have right now with the Cavs, that we actually have something that can be called Cavalier basketball, which is hard defense, move, ball movement, and, and the best guy, the open guy taking a shot. And, and for Mike to be able to get all these guys, you know, young guys, because if you think, obviously, you know, extremely excited about Isaiah Mobley looking like he really soaked everything in last year and, and, and has grown immensely, obviously thanking part for his basketball IQ, but, you know, obviously him, but, you know, to see him on Bates start a little, little slow, you know, I think it took like 14 threes or something like that, 14 shots the first game, and and, and, and to see his ability to learn and adapt, to, 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 to see what it is that he can do for the team, which is a big thing about us in the, in, uh, with, the, with the Cavaliers, it's like you need to accept your role, buy into it, and do what's best for the team, not what's best for you. And I think that's why Bickerstaff, J.B. Bickerstaff has been successful because he has been able to give everybody roles that put to put in, putting them together result in 51 games in the regular season, 51 wins. So Imani Bates was able to transition his game and, 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 and kind of work out. But then, you know, you see the new CPJ, who's a guy who can show everything. He's shown that he can do everything, right? And And, and – and this is all a bunch of guys, second rounders, on drafters that were able to come together and 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 win the championship undefeated in 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 Las Vegas. 
Many people want to say the summer league, it doesn't count. Trust me, for these guys, Zach, it counts a ton. <laughs> because these are guys that are trying to make it into that one, two, whatever, 13 rostered spots. So it's at 14 now. But so it is, it is amazing, I think, to, to see what, 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 what happened in Las Vegas. But to me, the best part was that, that Mike Garrett's ability to get all these guys together. And, and play like like the like the like the number like the the NBA team does. Yeah, d- definitely did a great job, and I think it was cool to see. Uh, you got Larry's second son, Pete, and Pete. see Cedric Henderson's son. Obviously, he only played a few years, but uh, Cedric <laughs> did have a meaningful impact in '97. His son didn't play as much, but the fact is, he got himself to a bigger school for that final season of college, as Pete Nance did, going from Northwestern to UNC and I want to say Cedric's son went from Campbell to and I have to double check where where he finished but I know with his grad year as well he Mm -hmm. went somewhere bigger got himself an opportunity maybe the Mike Bothwells of the world end up getting some kind of situation because of how they played but with all this said Roth I know it does matter you know every game that's played at some level it's the NBA it matters however should fans be tempering their expectations after watching how well they played at this level or be even more excited about the prospects of the upcoming season? You know, I, I don't – again, this is way over my head when you come to me about, you know, roster spots and, and, and planning for what, what J.B. Bickerstaff and Corey Oldman will plan to do. But my take would be to take it easy on the fact that these guys don't have to make their growth now for next season. Imani Bates has this landing space, this, you know, this, this, this runway to work with. And to see what he where he can go, I'm not telling you, and I'm pretty sure they want to get on the roster next season. They want to get an opening day roster, right? But numbers are numbers, and it is what it is, right? We have, we have one opening spot open, so I think it, it's great to see the ability for them to draft pieces that will match perfectly with our system at the NBA level. And I think that's what successful franchises have been able to do. You know, the, the, the Heat is one of them. The last season where they went to the finals with like five or six on, on drafted guys. You know, my um, San Antonio usually does that so well as well. When, when you draft for your system as opposed to just, especially at that second round level, when, when, you, when you don't have to, it's not really like the best player on the board, but you're picking those pieces that you think, you know, will, will make a lot of sense on your side. So I don't think it's something that we are, expecting all these guys to be on the roster. You'll see them. You'll see them a lot because they're all, you know, especially the three two-way guys, Mobley, Imani Bates, and TPJ. You'll see them a lot because they got now we got three two-way spots. And again, there are so many things, so many things, Zach, that 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 even the coaches or the players can't control. Health is one of them. So you never know what's going to happen. And the most important thing, and I know it's being drilled on this guy's head every day, is that you have to be ready every game and every day. Like, it's going to be your number call. Because when that number is called, you better take advantage of that opportunity because it might not happen again if you don't take advantage of it. And I think someone that did that really well this summer, I was a little surprised to see him on the roster just given his age, but I thought, Rafa, Sam Merrill, who after a great first season as far as just learning from a culture, being part of it. I think he got a lot out of winning the title with the Bucs, and he really wasn't mm-hmm. in the league much after that. Obviously, he ended up with the Cavs. But with that said, 
Uh, Rob, how important do you think it was for him to try and continue things uh, for his guy? He showed a lot of people that he's a lot better than anyone may have thought he was when he joined the team last season. Again, all these guys could play and start in the NBA. Exactly. They just need to get the right the right opportunity. But he definitely shown, for those people that don't know who Zam Merrill is, he can shoot. And going back to at the beginning of the show, when we talked about the needs being fulfilled, I think Zam Merrill just put a little cherry on top because he showed what we know he can do, which he is a shooter. And again, going back to, and I hate to repeat myself, but this is all about opportunities. And I think... Sam will have that opportunity this year to, to at least get some minutes and try to help the team because it's such a long season. And, and especially now with the in-season tournament and us playing overseas, the schedule is going to be a little tight apart for us. And, and, and you know he's going to have to be ready. And I know he will. Sam is a pro. He's a guy that, that has been at this for a while. And I think smart of the Cavs and of him to be able to be on the roster so he can kind of stay fresh and, and stay with the system. But I'm, I'm not worried about Sam if he ever gets the opportunity. It's just the fact that these guys feel a little pressure that when they get that, not, that, that, not, that, that signal, they, you know, obviously the, the, the human nature is to feel that you have to perform right away. And, and that when some guys maybe force a little bit, you know, like when, you, when you're playing garbage time that they come in and it's one pass and a shot, but I think Sam is a little more smarter than that and, and, and a professional. Like you said, he won the championship, so he knows what it takes. He knows what it, what it is to be an NBA player, and, and he's definitely going to help in practice for sure. Yeah, I can't wait to see some of these shooting contests between him, Bates, Niang, Struz, and then Donovan Mitchell is going to show up and make 50 straight. <laughs> he does, it's going to close his eyes and start making them that way, just like he does at the yeah. line. A great routine. That definitely helps him calm down, keeps the percentage high. But for sure. So we look ahead to next season, you know, talking about a lot of future here. So the Cavs are going to Paris. Wemba Nyama is now in the NBA. The Suns have got some kind of an incredible thing going on. You got some new names that you're going to get to call. Obviously, I'm excited for show, see how Sean Pebbles ends up going with some of these new guys. Yeah. Bruce, how, if someone gets first name treatment, how, how we replace the Jetty, if someone else gets that. But for you... Rafa, we talk about Wembenyama and the Cavs. You're going to Paris and all these other things. What one thing so far for you do you, are you most looking forward to with next season? I'm, you know, off, a little more in the general thing. I, I would like, I'm intrigued to see how this in-season tournament is going to be, it's going to be approached by the players. I'm, I think, you know, we all have ideas always about how we would do this and, you know, how you would improve it. But I, I, I'm always open to, to things like this because I remember when baseball came up with the wild card, everybody was like, oh, my God, the nature of the game, you know, you're going to ruin it. And everybody probably one of, some of the, one of the most exciting times in baseball. So I, I'm intrigued about how that's going to work and I, how the scheduling is going to work because you don't know who's going to Vegas to play the semis. And so I don't know what's happening in, during that time in the playoff. Obviously, maybe the team's... I, I, I don't know. So I'm intrigued about that because obviously scheduling is such a difficult thing in terms of traveling. And that's going to be late 2023. And we're going away in 24. And looking at the calendar from last year, that was the only game that the Bulls and the Pistons play during the week they went to Paris. So you know that's two more games that you got to jump up and put up somewhere. So I'm intrigued about that. But other than that, you know, having a team together and see how these pieces 
how, how, how J.D. Bickerstaff is going to make all this work. We got the perfect staff for this. We got the guys that actually relate to the players and, and not necessarily because they're young or because our guys are younger, but just they have the right approach. And, you know, the expectations are going to be higher. You know, we're going 19, 22, 22, 41, 44, and 51. So 51 is a, it's a big number. It's, so how do you improve with that? It's, it's good. But I would like to – I'll be thrilled if we continue to be the number one defense in the league. I think that's something that we expect to happen. Maybe not number one, but we expect to be – to have our defense be our flag and then have the offense that take care of itself. How is Donovan Mitchell? He's going to work. Eva Mobley, who is a guy – you know, our bigs took a big hit during the, during the series against the, 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 the Knicks. And then they took an even bigger hit in, in Jared Allen's because he was honest about it. And, and he and, you know, these guys, nobody likes to lose. Uh, but not many people accept and admit what, what, what just happened to them, right? So I'm pretty sure the Fro and Mobley are going to come back and be better. And, and so many people have said that we won't be a great team until Eva Mobley is a better, is the best player on the team. A little bit away from that, but from what he's shown the first two, three seasons, it's like, man, the third season for this guy should be, should be very interesting, right? I mean, especially you've seen the growth of, of Isaiah Mobley. And it's kind of the same thing. A lot of this in between the years, you know, a lot of this is how you be able to, you're able to assimilate and adjust. To, to what's happening to you, how they're guarding you and all that. So I'm happy with where we're going, but I'm really excited to see, you know, get my frost salute before the home games and then see how, how our bigs are going to get, feel better with all the spacing, with the shooting, the real shooting that we're going to have. So so many, so many questions. I, I, I can't pinpoint to one, but it's just the fact that I want it to be opening night already. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. We need to get. I'm just thankful that we don't start at the end of October anymore. At least, I, my me from my growing up in basketball years, I always remember Halloween of I got to get home from trick or treating early enough to not first game on TNT, right? So the fact that we got the mid October start now is great. That they got the new CBA. Thankfully, we're not gonna have a repeat of 2011-12 for at least another six or seven years. Yeah, that's it, that's eons from now. We're not. We're not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll close with this, uh, Rafa. I appreciate your time. Been great picking your brain about the Cavs and summer. But which players, a uh, player or players uh, among the new guys, are you most excited to get to know personally among these new additions that the Cavs have brought in? You know, I I will tell you, I usually don't have a relationship or don't know. The only person that I knew before he came to the team was uh, Jared Allen was one of them. You know, because we kind of bump into each other once looking at a camera and we kind of, every time I went to Brooklyn or he came here, we kind of knew each other and just talk about it. So I don't know any of the guys, but I definitely, you know, Max Cruz, just, you know, him being in Miami and me still being a Miami resident on and off. I, I just want to see the mentality of the shooter, you know, because that's so, it's such a different attitude that, that you got to have. And the guys have that experience. Like George Yang is a tough guy. You know, he 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 definitely is a tough dude, and and I want to see that. But then again, I can I always like to go and say, for example, to Ty Jerome and play him my calls from when he played and won the championship with Virginia because I called the Final Four in 2019. So I, I always like to run into guys that I that I actually called the plays the plays for when when they played in the Final Four. So all of them, I think I think that's one of the great things about our, our organization 
that it is a family and it's not a thing that we stay loosely. You know, it is, it is a very tight-knit family and, and, and everybody loves each other. We all work. There's not one guy, at least since the time that this whole pre-tooling started, there's not one guy that you feel like, oh my God, here he comes, you know, <laughs> like, and kind of like changes the mood. Everybody is in, is in one mode and that's like a team. And, and, and I'm winning together. So I'm just excited to be a, a Cleveland Clinic course for that first practice after media day somewhere in, in late September and, and, and get this going and see, and see. It, feels, it always feels like the first day of school and it's going to be my first, my 10th first day of school in Cleveland. I mean, unbelievably. So I, I just, for everything, I, all guys, I, I, I like to meet them all, especially my first question is always, you speak Spanish, you know, like I, I got to see who I'm going to, <laughs> We're oh, gonna be grounded. <laughs> yes, yeah, this, this is gonna be fun. And it is this season, these new guys. And did you have you uh, familiarized yourself with the minivan origin? You know why uh, George Niang goes by the minivan? Have you, have you I have no that? idea. I have no idea, but I love that nickname, man. I don't know. Obviously, maybe maybe he's straight. He, you know, he's a tough. He's a bulky guy. Donovan but... Mitchell. He was uh, he was giving an interview. Back when he was in Utah, he said he was the mini, uh -huh. he was the minivan to Donovan Mitchell's Ferrari. <laughs> I like that nickname though. Oh, the minivan. Maybe we'll get him a sponsorship with some some, some car dealership here in Cleveland. Oh, they'll, start, they'll start selling little George. It's like George Niang Transformers night. He'll turn into a video. <laughs> of marketing. We're set. That's yeah, we, maybe cars can come out with a new one, and we have you know we have two cars already, right? Ferrari and, and a minivan. So oh, that would be great. A Ferrari that turns yeah. into a minivan. Can you imagine? <laughs> this guy's in the parking lot. No one's gonna jack him. <laughs> I'll be awesome. Right, but Rafa, pleasure having you back and looking forward to the season, talking again during the year and seeing what the future holds for uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Anytime you need me, man. You know I'm here ready for across to go across the Cavs. Yes, sir. He's <laughs> Rafa Hernandez, Brito, Zach Weiss, signing off on Network 216. <laughs>